Welcome, everybody. Welcome to NFTs in Arena. You're with your host, Mike and John. It's been another whirlwind week, not only in the stock markets, but in the crypto markets where Bitcoin is still trading at just under 90 or just over $19,000 and Ethereum just over $1,300. And with that, obviously, the NFTs and the NFT market has naturally been impacted, much like the whole world macroeconomic market has been impacted. And we can discuss that today. First and foremost, Jono, how are you? Hey, what's up, Mikey? What's happening, everybody? I'm doing very well, eh? Very good, Jono, very good. Um, Well, let's just jump straight into it, Jono. There was an article that I pulled up that was two days ago, and it was Mm. actually on a website called Decrypt. And I actually see a lot of um, articles coming from this website that are somewhat reputable, so it's worth mentioning. And the, the... the, the title essentially went that the Ethereum co-founder, who's Joe Lubin. I think not a lot of people actually know too much about this gentleman because of Vitalik Buterin's actual fame. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's yes. not, not very often that a person will know who Joe Lubin is, but here we are giving his acclaim. And he was essentially saying that today's metaverse, which is obviously very much related to NFTs and crypto, is the internet circa as he deemed in 1994. But... Mm. He also says, and something that you touched on last week, the masses are coming. And we're going to dive straight into that. And I think now is a perfect time to actually establish who really knows or who really wants to know and be involved in Web3. And what I mean by that is we're going into what everyone is um, saying will be a recession. Well, we are in a recession, essentially, but we're only going to see or feel the effects of this within the next 6 to 12 months. In the United States alone, people are looking for ways to generate revenue on the side because rent is increasing, interest rates are increasing, and that's happening all around the world. And it's actually mad to see how some people are naive to this, but a lot of people that are operating in the crypto space are obviously now feeling the brunt. People are obviously, at this time last year, I think Bitcoin was at $50,000, and now it's at less than half of that. So, Jono, having said that, I wanted to mm. dive into what um, Joe had actually had said. So, Joe Lubin is the Ethereum co-founder and CEO of a crypto software consensus. And he's mm. essentially confident that the metaverse will one day encompass the full human experience. And what he means by that is it will equally be confident. He's equally confident that this day is still years away. And it's something that we always talk about, that now is the time to get involved and sit and wait and actually state your, your claim and make the most of it do you think that or how far out do you think it will be until majority of society builds a trust and essentially evidently gets involved like people did with web3 because you think about it and before i ask <laughs> to answer that it's just that i think using the metaverse today is a little bit like the internet in 1994 and at that time, I think what well, you would have to dial into the internet and you used to get your coffee or your breakfast and you'll come back a few hours later, then your email would be downloaded. And obviously that has changed significantly. And I think this latest merge from proof of work to proof of stake in Ethereum is part of this, this change in which Web3 is essentially experiencing, like the internet did when they started introducing broadband and the likes. When do you think, or how do you see this unfolding? How long do you think this will unfold, and how do you think it will unfold? Um, <laughs> there was a lot to that. Uh, it was. Look, and I yeah, yeah. But, but I no, 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 no. But I do believe you could do it. 
<laughs> Amazing. Mm. Uh, look, what I think how it's going to unfold and the ETA at which it's going to unfold is, is we in that unraveling process as we speak. Uh, so yeah, like essentially it's all about regulation, how people can bring, um, their digital goods into a fiat currency, all that kind of exchanges, uh, are going to need to be regulated through, through governments and, um, authorities before we get to a full, fully solidified uh, ecosystem, if that makes sense. And the ways in which that's going to happen, especially during the recession is, uh, and the bear market itself is quite tough because there can be a lot of awesome, innovative technology that comes to front, but there may be uh, seed funding that's lacking or just the typical retail investor that's lacking purely because they don't have that fund to spend. And especially with crypto being in a bit of a, a negative stigma at a global level, I think once that can be perpetuated and we find ourselves in a situation where there is a lot more trust, there will be a lot more on-ramping. And I think that's what exactly what you were saying with what that dude was mentioning in that article, the, the masses are coming. And yeah, look, with the proof of stake uh, on the, the ETH POW, we we do see mass adoption from, from a B2B level purely because these entities require trust and proof of stake is a, a better mechanism at attaining that. Uh, and with that being said, I think there's also interesting projects that have come to, to fruition that I believe during a recession and a bear market can really bring a lot of value. And one being uh, Zen, which is a free minting digital asset that was launched uh, last week by Google employee number 21, Jack Levine. And when I listened to his story and his vision around this, this, this crypto, because it's free to mint, you only need to pay gas fee. This is where I see mass adoption happening because the average individual that doesn't have the funding only requires money for gas in order to, to, to mint the assets. And this, this is a very innovative technology. And I think people need to research and look into this because this is the future. What is it called? It's called Zen Crypto. It launched Zen last Crypto. week, Saturday, and this is the, it's the only time um, since the ETH power was launched that Ethereum became deflationary. And what this means is that half the network and more was literally the volume, half the volume of the ETH chain was used up by the Zen protocol on Saturday. And it was the first time it made Ethereum deflationary which means that it was actually burning. And that's essentially what Ethereum wants. And hence this, this being a, a crypto that's free to mint literally uh, expedites the, the decentralization of Ethereum as a whole. So this is, this is very good stuff. It's interesting, dude. super interesting. And I wouldn't say that we are in unprecedented times, but we are coming into an interesting time where the last time we had a global recession was in 2008-2009, around that yeah. time. So it's not normal that we haven't had a recession maybe every, let's say, I think it's every five to six or eight years. I can't remember exactly. But that's always simply what people would deem as unprecedented times. But it's quite um, interesting to me that 
during this period that we're going into and this past year still, there's unprecedented interest in the, the Web3 space, in the metaverse, in yeah. cryptocurrencies, by some of the most powerful companies in the world. Yes, we all know that Meta, formerly known as Facebook, has fully mm. reorient. I think they reorientated its efforts towards dominating the metaverse, and you, you can yes. probably say they are because they essentially helped put it on the map yeah. for people like the everyday person. Then you also have companies like Apple, like Disney, that are probably quietly exploring the space, and even mm. traditional brick and mortar brands like Walmart, Costco are diving headfirst into this. And the reason yes. the reason why I bring this up is because it speaks to my points of. When the masses will come, it's going to be when familiar brands like Apple, like Walmart, mm. like Disney are integrating these technologies into the everyday space in which people will actually will actually have to be forced into utilizing this mm. technology. But I don't see it will be an issue because much like any innovation, much like any change, it takes time and it takes iterations and it costs a lot of money. So the people that have the money, the, the, the people like Meta, like Apple, that can have um, significant amount of investment and are willing to take the risk. And what I mean by that, if you look at Meta, for example, they, they I think they had staggering losses in the tens of billions mm-hmm. yes. just up until now in investing in the metaverse. And naturally, you're going to get a lot of scrutiny and negativity around that. But yeah. I'm of the opinion that they're going to get this right sometime. They will. And I think they'll be the front runners eventually. And why I bring that up is because Think how many people use Facebook. Think how many people use Instagram. Think how many people use WhatsApp. These technologies yeah. we use in our everyday lives will eventually be integrated and utilized in Web3 technologies, NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and we'll be transacting with people over these mm. platforms. I mean, you've seen it every day. Instagram is allowing you to, to um, host your NFTs there. Twitter is. It's coming, but I think a lot of the negativity around it is normal. And I don't think a lot of people that are heavily invested in this space or even the slightest bit deterred. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I do think uh, Mark Zucky's uh, eyes are sitting big like this right now, dude, especially with his latest launch on Oculus. I mm. think uh, with that merge, I do believe despite the, the creatives that tested the Oculus and the comfort around it, I still believe that the whole idea of this thing around your eye has to condense itself into like, for instance, uh, uh, sunglasses or a pair of uh, spectacles or even a contact lens. If it gets to that type of technology, then Meta has, um, how can you say, a physical product that they can literally merge with their the digital metaverse that they're trying to establish. And I think that's, that is the plan because essentially that brings the, the average person into the, the metaverse in a way that's fully virtual. And I, like much like that game, Ready Player One, it's like yeah. that. The movie. You know, but yes, oh, sorry, sorry, the movie. Where you... So yeah, look, I do think that's that's the plan for them. And with the latest, um, I think the company, oof, I don't know what the company is called, but the game's called OP Craft, which is basically a replica of Minecraft. Uh, and that's a fully on-chain game. And uh, I believe that's, that's where the metaverse needs to go. Not necessarily just how, how we see it as NFTs, you know, just linking a specific JPEG or video to the blockchain 
where you actually have a staking mechanisms built on chain that actually creates every decision that a person makes in a game actually finds its way onto the chain. And this, this, what this actually elicits is full decentralization of, of gaming. And this is what's going to bring the masses because then a person can be completely anonymous on chain and develop um, remuneration through NFT uh, protocols that are based on the game, much like the, the typical um, uh, way that we're currently going about it using digital currency and buying uh, NFTs as a form of investment or collectible or even just a, a utility case. Uh, once all of that is well established, much like OP Craft, which is just a beta version, and I think what's the company? Uh, there's a there's a venture capitalist company in um, America that's full on board with this, and they even started a thing called um, Crypto Startups. It's AC something Z, dude, but it's a, it's one of the biggest funds in the states. So I, I just need to look that up and check that out. But yeah, I think this this is a great opportunity for the virtual world in Meta as a whole, is the, the on-chain uh, Metaverse. And I hope that, that Facebook and Meta have the, the ability to actually design and are working on that right now because that's where the advantage lies with other companies that are going to compete. Yeah, dude, I actually think the way, like when you spoke about the Oculus and the way in which virtual reality goggles are currently being used, it's not technology which you can integrate in your everyday life just yet. And I think it will eventually move to the point where, I mean, you're seeing glasses, sunglasses now, or glasses that are introducing cameras, and they will eventually have some form of a screen on it. Now, I do, I do think that the VR goggles will obviously innovate and change as they go along. But once, yeah. before we go on, I want to just tell the audience, if you are listening and watching, please like and subscribe to our channel. We've grown quite significantly since we first started. And today is quite a momentous day, whether you like it or not. So it's our first, our first season, episode 20, coming to an end. Doesn't mean we're going anywhere, but we like to just make this look like we're actually achieving something. <laughs> but <laughs> I love it's, it. it's, it's, it's been quite fun, I must say, just doing, doing this crypto thing, Jono. But I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is the, the markets now. The stock markets are taking significant hits, and with that, I think crypto is following suit, or it's following in parallel. Do you, do you think that companies that are investing in the space that had invested a lot of money into cryptocurrencies, I mean, there was companies that put a significant, a significant portion of their money aside to invest in crypto. And mm, I get mm. I, I get told this often by people that like I, I work with or people that I see is like why don't companies or why don't companies with excess cash why aren't they investing in Bitcoin for example because if a company invests a million dollars in Bitcoin I mean everyone that's listening to this podcast uh, well I would assume has some mm. form of hope and idea that the cryptocurrencies will turn around within the next two three years. So why on companies, especially in this bear market now where crypto or Bitcoin is at, at the very least at it's a, a long-term low, do you mm. think it's advantageous for companies to invest in crypto as a form of an asset, an investment asset in a way, a liquid asset? Well, look, I think, uh, if, like you said, we all uh, understand Bitcoin's uh, store of value and 
this is essentially what's given it a, a real um, profound importance in this day and age is the ability to put a hundred bucks in it now in a couple of years it's 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 worth more and it's it's outperformed uh, other commodities and other asset portfolios and this should be uh, in itself information that tells any entity to say yes let's throw money at this even if it's only five percent or um, part of our high risk uh, portfolio yes that does make sense but at the same time people are very industrial mindsets like they still have that old school mindset let's put it that way um, so they're still traditional in their ways so they they use their funds much the same way they used to always do it like people don't really find value in change or at least most those that do are, are, are risk averse and perhaps uh, uh, the main reason why they they get ahead or find loopholes in the system and this what brings me back to that that vc and i found the name they they called a16z with adreson and horowitz which is like a huge investment firm yeah in, in the and states and, and, yeah and reason yes Andreessen. yes and like if you look at them they on their as you google them the software is eating the world like that's next to their name dude and that tells you something about how courageous they are about the space they made a lot of their money in 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 the whole internet bubble uh, investing in companies mm -hmm. that that they saw potential in and they're doing the same thing with crypto even though they've done some bad moves some of them have really transpired and this is exactly what what I think is going to bring a lot of value to this this ecosystem is companies like that that are going to be willing to put in money to the, the the next Steve Jobs if that makes sense well dude so Mark Andreessen is obviously a massive mm. um, investor and in this VC fund mm. that you're talking about. Mm. Um, I've heard about it before. I mean, it's obviously a very popular Silicon Valley um, fund. Yeah. And I do recall, I, I think I read a book, it was either Peter, Peter Thiel, I can't remember now, but he did speak about uh, Mark Andreessen. And Mark, mm. I think, had invested in Facebook, actually, and Pinterest <laughs> and LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Twitter. So yeah. But the thing is, this is the power of money. It's the power of actually understanding where to invest. Because mm. in my times when I was in Silicon Valley and I met various individuals at different levels in their career and in their life, and like you said now, they, Mark and this gentleman that he's obviously got the fun with have mm. made some bad moves. But they don't ever speak about the investments that maybe they made in other companies when they were going to invest in Facebook, if you know what I yeah. mean. Exactly. They invested in MySpace first, for example. Yeah. The yeah. point is that it's the courageous people, like obviously Fortune favors the bold, right? And yes, I yes, think yes. During a time like this now, it's incredibly difficult to be risk averse because mm. a lot of people are telling you now, we're going into this recession, cash is king. And what they mean True. by that is hold on to as much cash as you can because it's going to be a bit turbulent over the next year or two. And if you have the money and the spare money to, to invest in crypto or stocks, because now it's time to invest, but I think it's even going to drop a lot lower. I, I don't think we've even reached the, the tipping point just yet. And mm. why I say that is because I try to educate myself a lot on what is yet to come in the economy and watching a lot of 
um, content on the property industry and the market because the property market is a good telling of what's going to be happening outside of that in the whole macroeconomic climate. Mm. And property prices are dropping significantly here in the United States. And within the next 12 months, they'll be dropping by 30 to 40% in some areas, which yeah. is mad. Crazy. I'm seeing yeah, properties yeah, on mad. Zillow Fucking now. Mad. Zillow <laughs> dropping 200,000 within the last few months. And if you look at it last year, they would have listed their house for $2.6 million. Now oh it's already gosh. at $1.9 million, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't even hit the recession officially. So, so my point is that I think mm. um, if you are able to have funds to invest in crypto or whatever that is, um, you have to obviously be very strategic about it, like you are. I think you are one of the most strategic investors that I know, and it's very reassuring to me. And you, you've gone through the highs and the lows, mm. and I think your story of the time where you lost that crypto out of your control, which is not even your fault, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will be a part of your part of your journey. And yes, so, definitely. So and I think guys like Andreessen, they all have mm. crazy stories like this, and they were just willing to take the risk. Yes, they were inevitably smart guys and maybe created money mm. outside of that. But it's still a risk investing a few million into a company with the hope that it's going to work. And you, you're right, a lot of people will be losing money mm. now. So yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's an interesting time to be in this space because the people that stick around, I think, will be the ones that reap the rewards in the next four to five years because a lot of people are losing interest in this space because of the amount of money that's been lost. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And this, mm. this was uh, brings me into an interesting uh, thought because someone asked uh, Jack Levine, the creator of um, Zen, uh, how does how does he think regulation is going to happen within in the general public? And uh, this he believes that it's about the government creating a digital currency that we can still perform as, as in a, a DeFi space. But as soon as you want to come back to the, the reality, let's, let's for now say there is such a thing uh, <laughs> before we move into metaverse completely. It's, so in reality, you want to change your uh, hex or your Ethereum to dollars. Um, there is going to be a digital dollar that you'll need to convert it into and use that to perform payments much like what what you do now with the like I would say the dollar is already digital, you know, in its own right. It's just not on the blockchain. So I think once that happens, it's going to be much like how we 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 perform day to day right now. And this is what's going to bring a lot more people like Mark and Jason to the to the show, because once this becomes a um, a day to day. And everyone is on on the blockchain from a global level. Then you're going to see a lot more money just going into projects that's going to blow our minds <laughs> because the technology that we got now to 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 work with now we just need funding. Do you should do yourself a favor and go look at his mm. his website and see the companies that he, he invested in that did exits and like his current companies that he's actively invested in. It's the longest uh, list dude, of it's, it's the longest yeah, yeah, list of companies I've ever seen. That's insane. I'm gonna dig in. I'm gonna dig and in. And big bro. names. Dude. It's actually interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could look at this as a uh, as a as a potential because I mean, a lot of the companies invested in, like you said, it's touched it, mm. touched it, and it's gone yeah. to gold. Would yeah. you be willing to invest in these companies when they go IPO? I would. 
some, some, yeah. some of these companies. It's interesting. Um, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. And and like like I mentioned, just they launched a, a crypto startup. So just like a startup grind, it's 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 a it's an educational um, idea that's funded by the organization to bring education and, and entrepreneurial education to this 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 world. And I think that's a huge thing, dude. Because I honestly believe it's those kind of institutes that have uh, found its way in in culture be it spiritual ones or education or financial education. These are the, the units of, of community that have brought such value to the world, whether they have scaled in Silicon Valley as a result or scaled in New York as a result, just from these small micro communities that just were thinking different, if that makes sense. And it just scaled to this point. And now we, we much in a new space where all these individuals that that think that way are, are, are finding their feet. Now they just need to merge the, the the financial system with it, and that's the transition we're going through right now. And hence this this second phase recession in such a short term. I know it, it happens periodically um, every couple of years, uh, but I do believe that's just uh, Wall Street and them uh, shorting the the system periodically just to. <laughs> Cop up as it drops. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The the Federal Reserve, (laughs) at least in the United States, has just been printing money. (laughs) My man, these cats are doing it, bro. Because big boys are, they're going to buy property now, bro. You know, this is the time. Like, things are going to be for sale. You want to buy properties, wait a couple of months. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be interesting. (laughs) I mean, who are we? Who are we to take advice from anywhere? But yeah, we're a financial advisor. Something that I wanted to talk about, uh, there's this, this this gentleman that I've, I've come across quite recently, his name's David, and he's from a company that he's trying to get off the ground called Traxer. And what Traxer is, is obviously he had approached me because of my logistics background as well as my involvement in technology where they're trying to create uh, a DAO. Uh, and the DAO is essentially one in which they enable they have technology that enables companies to track their shipping containers. Every shipping container mm. has a unique ID, right? And mm. these yeah. tools and technologies are really out there allowing people to track shipping containers. But often when your container leaves the port or if it leaves the warehouse facility, it's on the road and there's obviously a time frame from um, or, um, origin to location where you don't know where that container effectively is. And some containers, the refrigerator containers, have power and you can track them. But the dry containers, you cannot. So this DAO, through Traxo, they utilize in AI technology and blockchain where mm. drivers of cars, trucks, vehicles, anyone that really that has a camera can utilize this technology via this and be part of this DAO where you scan in all the, whatever containers you see, you can have a dash cam, you can have your cell phone that's outside the port, whatever. Truck drivers would probably be the best people. But essentially, why does it down is that they contribute to a community where the the real-time information of that container is consistently being uploaded and they're using that data to update the customer. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. this is a, yeah, that... and it's interesting because they're trying to create a DAO where everyone contributes to it and you get paid for essentially doing that, which is mm. obviously yes. quite a cool idea. But I think they're at a point now where the technology is there. They have the ability to create this, this tool, but funding is obviously 
something that they, they need right now. And with the world going into a recession, a lot of companies, a lot of people are pulling back and the willingness to invest is becoming, um, your, your willingness to invest naturally during a recession, if you, you're holding a certain kind of money, you're going to be reluctant to do that. So my mm -hmm. point is that these guys are trying to launch a product at a time in which people want to hold on to money. So do you think that because of um, situations in which we find ourselves in where we are going into recession, where most companies, regardless of how big or how, how much cash flow they have, will be looking at their money a lot more in a lot more stricter manner. Do you think this stifles innovation? Like if this was prior to COVID, hypothetically, the, the, the acumen and the, the ability to garner investment probably would have been a lot easier because it is a very cool tool and it has a lot of value and the industry is right for that. And now, obviously, they're going to struggle to find investment, I would imagine, at least in the, in the short term. Uh, do, you, I mean, do you think that's something that people don't even want to talk about, like how recession has a knock-on effect on, on, on innovation, for example? Yeah, look, definitely, if your decisions are getting withheld because you, they're financially driven, uh, there is going to be less action. So with less action, there's obviously less output. So this does hold back on, on, on innovation to some extent, but then we could argue, do innovative thinkers really care about um, financial decisions? So this is the thing, we, we, we can correlate that and, and we could argue till the cows come home. We don't know, but I do believe very innovative thinkers aren't really uh, financially driven in a way. They're usually very creative. And with that being said, there is perhaps CFOs that are around that can, can um, expedite decision-making from a financial standpoint, which at the same time could gatekeep um, future potential. So yeah, look, right now, yes, a lot of organizations are holding back with the little bit that they have in terms of liquidity. Uh, but I do think the organizations that are using that liquidity and putting it into to portfolios that have good store of value, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, I think they're going to have an advantage when the bull market comes around again. Uh, and that's going to be roughly around when Bitcoin halves, uh, 2024, coming into 2025. And I believe uh, China is timing that pretty well. They, they've seen that come to uh, fruition in the past and they thought that let's time our digital yen much in the same fashion with the Bitcoin halving. And yeah, look, I think that's going to be a huge, a huge time in, in, in the financial sector uh, and the companies that have used that little money that they have, that's just going to 10x and more, bro. <laughs> so yeah, look, the advantage that's going to give them against their competitors is going to be huge. Last thing you want to do is sit with your dollars and that's going to deflate over the next five years. Uh, so yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's mm. going to be interesting. So Jono, we've come to the end of our 20th episode, one in which mm. uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think um, in saying that, I want to thank a lot of the people that have been listening and supporting us. I think this is just the start. Thanks guys. We're learning as we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just think it's, it's an episode that I wanted to just make like, light-hearted and one in which we can just have an easy conversation because 
it's mm. often I think you find yourself in this everyday world where you get lost in you get lost in the source, as they say. So yeah, I want to thank you, John. It's been it's been great, dude. And I, and I can't yeah, it was the lovely. Next, the, the next um, uh, episodes, we are looking for ways in which we can also innovate our setups and mm. our camera setups. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And we have some very cool guests lined up. Um, people that are very involved in the Web3 space, some very cool products, some very cool virtual reality products. I eventually got Alex Levine that will be agreeing to come on the podcast next week. With Amazing. Digital, um, with the digital helmets in which they, his, his company has created, but I'll leave it all for next week. So I want to thank Sick. everyone. Please like and subscribe to our channel. Jono, as we always do, mm. any parting words? Yeah, bro. I actually came, uh, someone introduced me to a very interesting quote yesterday. It's a little spiritual and, and, and compassionate, but it's, it goes, I guess, uh, if equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. And I was like, yeah, blew me away, bro. So yeah, much yeah, love, dude. keep loving, bro. That's what keep it's about. Keep loving, dude. Keep loving. I mean, like as, 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 the, as the same nurse goes, today's hard. Tomorrow will be worse, but the day after tomorrow will be sunshine. Having said that, Amazing. take care, everyone.